The Tapper Teacher Training is an annual retreat for homeschooling parents, a live in-person gathering that brings together heart-centered homeschoolers from all over the world for hands-on learning, community, connection, and fun. And I'd love to see you at Taproot 2024. We'll gather August 1st through 4th at a camp in Northeastern Ohio for a long weekend of engaging workshops, hiking and yoga, and personal reflection. Taproot gives everyone a chance to experience and practice singing, painting, and building main lessons in order to foster a deeper understanding of the hands-on, Waldorf-inspired approach. A team of experienced homeschoolers offer guidance rooted in each of their family's life to help bring you more joy to yours. This is our 18th year of offering this amazing experience. You can learn more at artofhomeschooling.com slash taproot2024. You're listening to the Art of Homeschooling podcast, where we help parents cultivate creativity and connection at home. I'm your host, Jean Miller, and here on this podcast, you'll find stories and inspiration to bring you the confidence you need to make homeschooling work for your family. Let's begin. Well, hey there, and welcome to episode 85 here on the Art of Homeschooling podcast. And today we're talking all about tips for homeschooling on a budget. I love this topic for two reasons. The first is that oftentimes when we choose to homeschool, it means our family is living on one income. And because the idea of homeschooling on a budget can actually translate into homeschooling with simplicity, which is good in so many ways. Finances are really a whole aspect of homeschooling to life, to parenting, to family. So planning ahead, not being wasteful, talking to kids about needs versus wants, keeping things super simple is really a great goal. So are you ready to talk about being more frugal and aware of spending while keeping your homeschooling simple? Here we go. Many of us are drawn to the Waldorf approach because of its beauty and natural materials. One of my assistants, Sarah, who's a homeschooling mother of four, talks about being drawn to this Waldorf-inspired lifestyle because of the simplicity of materials and supplies. She just loved that you could grab some paper and crayons and get started with lessons. And I think it's worth mentioning here that at a time when there's so much available to buy for homeschooling, anywhere from expensive wooden toys and manipulatives, printables, expensive curriculum packages, so many materials, Simplicity is a great touch point for all of our decisions. Here in this episode, I have some great tips for you for homeschooling on a budget. All right, let's start with the early years. 
When children are little, they do best with very simple toys. This is children anywhere between the ages of, you know, one to seven even. And making handmade dolls out of cloth or creating a simple playscape out of rocks and sticks and silks, stitching little animals out of felt, all of these help children develop their imaginations. You can find books such as Making the Children's Year, which is seasonal crafts with children by Marie Rawling, or a wonderful book that our family has loved is Toy Making with Children by Freya Jofke. You can find these at your local public library. So make some handmade toys. Next up, simplicity of materials and supplies for a holistic hands-on Waldorf-inspired homeschooling is key. I recommend investing in high-quality beeswax crayons and sturdy colored pencils that will last for ages, for years, and can be replaced one or two at a time instead of replacing or buying a whole new set each year. You can find these single colored pencils or single crayons from Paper Scissors Stone, for example, or Meadow Sweet Naturals, A Child's Dream, or any other Waldorf supplier. One of the most popular pages on my website is all about getting started with Waldorf homeschooling. And on it, you can find seven gentle reminders for how to get started or get back on track if that's where you are on your journey, along with a list of supplies and resources that I recommend. And you can find it at artofhomeschooling.com slash just starting. I also suggest you create a system for caring for your materials like these. You can use crayon or pencil holders. We always just used mason jars to hold our colored pencils. You can use special baskets or fabric rolls for pencils and crayons to protect them. And you can also clean them off with just a little bit of olive oil and a rag. All right, next tip, teach penny whistle rather than buying an expensive wooden pentatonic flute. Jody Messler of Living Music is a great resource for learning the penny whistle or the recorder. In our house, we taught recorder using a plastic Yamaha recorder rather than the expensive wooden flutes because they make a really great sound and they require a lot less maintenance. I remember being so excited when I read that Eric Fairman, the author of the Path of Discovery series, he was a Waldorf teacher and a classroom teacher in Australia, and he also recommended the Yamaha recorders. He used these recorders for his whole class because the sound is more stable over time as compared to the wooden flutes and require a lot less care. And by the way, Eric Fairman's series, he's the author of the Path of Discovery series, and it is a not too expensive book uh, per grade, like individual, you can purchase individual grades and they are a great alternative to more expensive 
grade level curriculum packages. These concise little books offer his notes on how he taught that grade, along with some highlights of the child's development for their that age. I highly recommend these books. All right. You know how much I love games for learning, right? So instead of purchasing expensive games such as Some Swamp or Prime Club, although it is really fun to have a few high quality family games, we often recommended these for holiday gifts from the grandparents. <laughs> but instead of feeling like you need to go out and purchase a whole bunch of expensive games, I encourage you to discover activities and games that can be played with inexpensive materials you might have already around the house, like playing cards or dice, or games that can be played many different ways with different ages. Check out the website Enrich Math, which is N-R-I-C-H Math. It's a project out of the University of Cambridge. You can find it at nrich.maths.org. Their goal is to enrich the mathematical experiences of all learners. They have so many fun activities and games on their site. Also, I encourage you to check out Math Geek Mama. She's at mathgeekmama.com for great tips and teaching on teaching math in a really hands-on and engaging way. You might want to make a small purchase of some books by Denise Gaskins. She has a Matthew Play ebook that you can find on her website at denisegaskins.com or look for her books Let's Play Math or the math you can play combo. You can find those at your local public library or online or your favorite local bookstore. And finally, be sure to check out your local public library for some of my favorite books for teaching math and language arts, such as Family Math by Jean Stenmark, Virginia Thompson, and Ruth Cossey, or Peggy Kay's books, uh, she has one called Games for Reading, another Games for Math, and Games for Learning. And speaking of your local public library, use the library. It is such an amazing community resource. You can find story collections, picture books, poetry books, and books for content material for literature or history-based main lesson blocks. When using library resources, take advantage of your local library's website and online catalog to search for and request books. Often you can access books from anywhere in your state through your local public library. They have an interlibrary loan system. If you request them ahead of time, it might take up to a couple weeks, but then the books will be waiting for you to pick up on your library's hold shelf. Our library also has a special teacher library card so that we could check books out for six weeks at a time. That was a great service. When choosing library books, consider whether you want to share a book with pictures, read aloud from a story collection without pictures to allow your child to conjure up to build the image in their own minds for the story, or whether you want to learn the story to tell it by heart. So this can influence the type of book that you are looking for. It's often a good idea 
to preview a few story collections or anthologies to find language that you really like. For example, there are many tellings of the Grimm's fairy tales or Aesop's fables or even myths like Norse myths. So find a version where the language really elicits the emotions and feelings that you connect with and that you want to bring to your children. When using library resources, you don't have to read the story word for word. You could add in some descriptive words or even dialogue as you read along to make the story come to life because you are the narrator. You are the storyteller. One other plug for your local public library, ours offers a service where they, when my children were younger, they would put together a packet of books, puzzles, puppets for the children when we were going through a rough patch, like after a new baby or when someone was sick. We'd just call and give the librarian some ideas of what we might be looking for, the ages of our kids, and what we might like to see in the packet. And a friend then would go pick it up for us, drop it off at our house. And my kids were always surprised and delighted to find what was inside. Next tip, if you find that your child needs a little extra skills practice, practice for say handwriting or grammar, spelling or math, Look for free worksheet generators online before purchasing workbooks or curriculum. This can give you an idea of how uh, a particular format works for your child or um, help you hone in on what exactly would be most helpful. Whether you're using a computer curriculum or teaching from a resource such as Making Math Meaningful by Jamie York, you may find that you need some ideas for extra practice or review. You don't have to buy more books. <laughs> Quick tip, you can find a lot of free downloads at jamieyork.com. He has some wonderful downloads for different grades for helping learn times tables and other things, some practice sheets as well. If you can pinpoint the skill that is you need to reinforce, right, the skill that needs reinforcing, you can go to a reputable site such as worksheetworks.com or dadsworksheets.com, search for your skill and create a worksheet of practice problems. You don't even have to print the sheet out if you don't want to. You could copy the problems onto your chalkboard or into a binder for notebook practice for your child. A few examples. This is a great strategy for skills like long division, multiple digit subtraction, with or without borrowing, simple equations, and so many more math skills. Also great for simple sentences for identifying parts of speech. So there you have it. Some great tips for homeschooling on a budget. Homeschooling does not have to be an expensive endeavor. Really, though, my biggest tip is that simplicity is the best. This helps us reduce the overwhelm, find the joy, and keep homeschooling engaging so we can focus on building connection with our children. And then they, in turn, learn in the most holistic and hands-on way. This is how we can keep 
homeschooling simple, inspiring, and doable. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode where you'll find all the links to the resources I've suggested here. Just go to artofhomeschooling.com slash episode 85. See you next time. That's all for today, my friend. But here's what I want you to remember. Rather than perfection, let's focus on connection. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Art of Homeschooling podcast. Mm-hmm.